humans, welcome to Pound Around, the official Uppercut podcast. Here we'll be focusing on video games, fandom, pop culture, and how they all interact through the internet. I'm your host, Jessica Howard, and with me from Uppercut is our very own editor-in-chief, Ty Galiz Rowe. How are you doing, Ty? Hello. I'm pretty good. How are you, Jess? I'm a, I'm a little sleepy, <laughs> but I'm good, too. <laughs> just a little sleepy uh, baby. Just, just, just a little sleepy. We normally record this later on in the day. Um, and so, and, and what's so funny, it's not even early. I was just up way too late again, even though I was on a pretty good sleep schedule. Um, so I'm, I'm just all thrown off and I'm, I'm a little bit sleepy. I'm drinking my coffee as we record. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than being sleepy, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's keep going. So, uh, joining us today is one half of Game Assist, a YouTube, a, a YouTube, wow. YouTube. YouTube. YouTube, uh, a YouTube channel focused on Let's Plays and video essays on accessibility and liberation in video games. We have Sarah on the show. How are you doing, Sarah? Hey, I'm good, thanks. I'm also sleepy, and I've got to go change my resume now to read YouTuber. YouTuber, even. (laughs) YouTuber. Yeah, that's, I mean, honestly, the more things you can slap on that, the better, right? (laughs) Nobody checks them anyway. It's just... It's just a bunch of words. YouTube is going to be Uppercut's new video hosting platform. <laughs> YouTube. That's what we're it's launching. 20, 2021 um, is the year of YouTube. It's <laughs> Y-O-O-B-T-O-O-B. I love that. It's very good. Um, I like to think that it's for exclusively like gay content. Yeah, it's exclusively gay content and exclusively content that like is probably poorly edited because we're done. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I'm never going to use YouTube again. No, why would you? Why would you have YouTube <laughs> when YouTube is for the games? <laughs> um, oh, so, so Sarah, before I introduce our main topic today, I want to hear a little bit more about your channel. Um, maybe when Game Assist started, some of the favorite your some of your favorite videos that you've done so far. Can you kind of uh, tell me a bit about yourself and your channel? Yeah, sure. So, um, it's it's a wee baby channel. We've only been doing stuff for like seven months now. And um yeah, it's just it's me and my friend Daz and we I guess during lockdown decided that we wanted to make videos about our opinions about video games. Um n- like neither of us have worked in the industry before or anything, but we both um we've both been involved with kind of like liberation activism and politics and stuff for like a long time and we both love video games so I think it was it was very much a case of being like let's just spend our lockdown making videos where we combine our interests um that's really oh no go for it (laughs) oh no I was just say that's really really cool like you you hear a lot about like I've read so many articles saying that more people in quarantine and lockdown have started podcasts or started channels or have kind of like ventured into basically like self-employment or like or doing like their passion projects that they've been wanting to do but have just never had the time to so it's really cool to talk to somebody who actually like did that yeah for sure it's like one of the I guess one of the cool things of about lockdown has been yeah exactly about like having the time to do something like that because we both also like work full-time and um i'm in uni at the moment so it's kind of cool to be able to have the time to do something like this as well which i don't think we would have been able to do otherwise 
Absolutely. And what have been some of your favorite videos that you've done so far? Um, so I think like the one that I'm probably like the most proud of is um, I did a video talking about institutional racism um, in Life is Strange 2. Um, and it kind of, it was kind of like a deep dive into how the game represents not just like those overt moments of racist violence, um, but like the subtle microaggressions. Um, and I did kind of a deep dive into particularly how kind of a lot of the characters who, um, you know, seem friendly or innocuous, like Sean and Daniel's grandparents, etc., um, actually also kind of exhibit racism in, in their comments and in their behavior. Um, and that that was kind of the one that we took off with in, in June, actually, and I think it's still probably one of my proudest moments just because it came from a very personal place. Um, and we we really felt like we wanted to put something like that out with all of the kind of conversations that were going on at that time with everyone wanting to talk about Black Lives Matter. Because um, you never know how long that's going to last. Like, in the mm-hmm. nicest way possible, white people love to forget that racism exists after a while. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, that's probably one of my proudest moments. We also are um, building up a series called Inquiries, where we just talk about gay shit in video games. And that's always fun. So that's such a good name. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I love you. that. I I always thought it was super nerdy, but it's good to hear that. <laughs> it's, no, no, that's, that's so excellent clever. branding. That's excellent branding. That's that's seriously a really great name, and I love. I'll have to in the show notes. We'll include that link to that video in Life is Strange too, mm-hmm. which. That game, I feel like so much good criticism um, came out of that game, and it really resonated with a lot of people. So it's always cool to to see more on it. Um, but yeah, thank you, thank you for telling us a little bit about yourself. And I'm actually going to pass it over to Ty to kind of introduce the topic today, because this was something that Ty has been kind of talking about the past few weeks. Um, actually, gosh, longer than that, uh, past few months. Um, and it's just been like kind of a half thought <laughs> circling around. Um, and Ty was like, you know what? Like, let's let's do an episode on it. And so, yeah, Ty is Ty's going to be kind of the captain this time. I'm how, captain how are you, now. Captain Ty? <laughs> <laughs> Once again. Once um, again. Yeah. Um, so this week, uh, well, this this time, this episode, um, we wanted to talk about the way that, like, different bodies are perceived and, like, sexualized both by, like, the games that they're actually in textually, but also by, like, the wider, like, gaming community. Um, Because, like, there has been recent um, discourse about it, but it's kind of one of those games industry topics that kind of is just, like, a revolving door of it always just fucking comes back. Um... Like, I linked, there's a Maddie Myers um, Kotaku article that's, like, I'm gonna look and see when it was published. So, like, quite a few years ago now. 2018. Uh, 2018. So, like, two, three years ago? Um, Talking about, like, Ivy Valentine and, like, the way that her body is perceived. And, like, that always, that article is, like, important to me, like, for a number of reasons. But particularly because, like, 
while not like you know video game dominatrix proportions my body is like similar to that and like a lot of the like characters that like I have been able to see my body in the most are always like the the ones who are like women number one and two are like demonized and like it's a whole fucking thing that their bodies are how they are um both like in the games and in like fandom so um yeah and we wanted to bring sarah on to talk about it just because you know like this is stuff that is relevant to you know what game assist talks about too and we just wanted to get you know a perspective that wasn't just (laughs) jess and i (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's something and i think that something that's kind of happened in the last week that also kind of goes into this is all the stuff around Miranda and Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. That's right. I forgot. Jesus, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> I have so many thoughts about that. <laughs> like, Ooh, okay. I, yeah, go, go into yeah, that. Okay. So we can, we can, we can, we can just start. Okay. Um, I mean, I think that I've been thinking a bit over like the past couple of weeks about how, um, like beauty standards are often like intricately tied with like eugenicist and mm-hmm. like race like colonial logics and i think miranda is such a good horrible you know depending on which which perspective you're looking at it from example of that um in that like not only is it this plotline about a genet like a woman who's literally genetically engineered to be the perfect woman and lo and behold she's a skinny white woman but like that that entire premise is like the logic of eugenics right and we don't really talk about how like eugenics is something that in many forms is like normalized in our world still and i think that that's that's such a clear example of like how it is i don't think that i i think that obviously there was a lot of really good criticism and still is about the fact that like the perfect woman quote unquote is like a skinny white woman and that's really valid but i don't think it it's it's kind of been approached enough from the point of understanding that like eugenicist logic and also I think not coincidentally, the fact that she's aligned with Cerberus, which is like a hu- human u- human supremacist group. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's my small rant. No, that's a really good point. Because I, I do see a lot of, I guess, criticism around more so the fact that Miranda is is a really great character to have because while she is like... In- incredibly sexualized and like the sexual character it relates to her story and there's like kind of this deeper purpose there and there's like a darker side to that that's kind of interesting to explore um but yeah you don't really see you know people talking about eugenics when they yeah, talk about yeah i also her. kind of don't agree with that part like like i think people do a lot of heavy lifting to like try and excuse miranda when like i think we can all just maybe grow up and say like yeah she's a terrible person like canonically but like that can still be interesting and compelling even if someone is fucking terrible um because like you can put it however you want but like the bodysuit that miranda is in is just to show off her ass like we know that yeah yeah for sure and and i think that like even if she is 
Like, I think it's a really interesting point that you make around the idea that, like, obviously, and, and I think it shouldn't be mutually exclusive that obviously someone is, is both sexualized and, like, an interesting character, but I just, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, there's, like, the character design aspect of it and just, I guess, that I think that... Yeah, I don't even really know where I'm going with that point. I think it's just the fact that, like... Maybe it would feel different if, like, a the the bodies that are sexualized, as I suppose we'll kind of go on to discuss, are don't always look like exactly the same bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like, b there's such a I suppose um, such a dearth of like women who are sexualized in games that, as I said, kind of look exactly the same. That I am just kind of bored of it. Um, so. Yeah, I don't think that the t- I I think it's it's really important as you've kind of done to point out that you know be, like being sexual and being sexualized doesn't have to be mutually exclusive with being an interesting character but like in that case I just I didn't even personally think that she was that interesting. <laughs> but um yeah. I think she's she's specifically Taibei and I just like can accept that in my heart. And that can just be okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, like, I think the thing, too, that you were mentioning about, like, you know, what perfection looks like when it's embodied is, like, Mm. also one of the things that I had a big issue and that a lot of people had a big issue with around Hades um, was just, like, that the explanation for why all of the gods were, like, ripped and sexy was because, like, they're gods and they're supposed to be perfect. And it's like, that's kind of a fucked up implication, um yeah and so like i think like that attitude i think like you said is very normalized i think and like insidious in a lot of ways yeah and um that that wired article that you sent me um yeah apologies i don't remember who wrote it but um even autumn awesome thank you wrote that thank you for clarifying that um it like even in that I was kind of like um it's thinking about how you know that statue that it mentioned that I don't remember the Greek name of it but it's like the statue of the discus player um and it was talking about how that was um notoriously like used by the Nazis as their kind of image of the perfect like Aryan right and yeah. I think that it's really important, um, as that article did, to kind of like point that out. But that's also something that absolutely was not, as we're kind of discussing, and is not exclusive to the Nazis. It kind of shows how that like um, eugenicist like ideal of beauty is still very much normalized in our society. And even if like, even if believing that that is like the perfect body is you know doesn't lead to kind of explicit eugenicist thought it is i i think it's important to kind of like say that if if you think that there is a perfect body then that is a slippery slope right yeah like this is not related but just can attest that when i started i guess it's kind of related but it's not video games when i started watching my hero i was like so about the eugenicist themes in this show <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's 
like and and it's something that's so the idea of perfection is something that's so deeply ingrained in in everything whether it's our advertising whether it's our entertainment industries like you you can't really escape it i mean we have how many like contests and like most most handsome or most beautiful people and like like all this shit that happens every single year where it's just reinforcing okay this is what beauty looks like um and so it's kind of like wild to play video games and to be unable to escape that too because you are being told these are the characters you should look like like this it's okay for you to like want them and to find them sexy because this is the sexy character like we've designed them to be perfect yeah it's it's creepy (laughs) it is well and also i mean like on the one hand it sucks like practically in the sense that like right Mm -hmm. most character creators don't have like fat body options or if they do Mm -hmm. it's like one um and like same with you know other people have talked about i can link there's the article that i think it was yusuf and tanya de pass wrote about um the way that like lighting in games is done for like brown and black skin Mm -hmm. um and like like we know that there's all these issues with like character creators but then too like there's the other end of it where like when there are the characters who are kind of different who are thirsted over it's all of a sudden like you get all the people being like, everybody's so horny. Why would you be horny for this character? They're just be, 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 be. And it's like, do you, like, I get that, like, on the one hand, yeah, people, like, constantly posting about something can be tiring, but, like, number one, you can mute. But two, like, if you're pointing out that, like, like, a physical trait about someone, you find it's weird that people are attracted to that, like, that's saying something, whether yeah. you realize it or not. And I've been seeing a lot of, like, weird again, like, slippery slope shit with, the, like, the Lady Demet- Dimitrescu? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I'm know either. A... Let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, the big lady. The Resident Evil big lady. Um, Like, a lot of people will be like, oh, she's just tall. Like, why is that hot? And it's like, I mean, on the one hand, you're just, you're just being obtuse. But on the other, like, it's, I feel like it's perfectly fine for people to be into, like, tall women that's still a pretty like vanilla thing (laughs) yeah it's i also like i mean i don't know how the straights feel about this because i don't like have many straights on my timeline but i like loads of um like sapphics on my timeline have been really into her and like myself included i mean she's a hot giant lady what's not to like but I think that before yeah. then... Also, she would, like, <laughs> she would literally eat you. Yeah, into that. But, I mean, in in kind of all seriousness, I think that there's, like, something interesting in the fact that, like, before before all of the... Like, what, is she nine foot tall? Yeah, she's nine, a little over... I I know she's at least nine she's feet. I think there's inches, but I don't remember. Nine foot six. Nine Thank foot you, six. I love that you know that off the top yes. of your head. Yeah. God, I'm coming at you with the, with the data, the stats. Jess oh. is my woman on the street today. <laughs> um, I'm just picturing like me standing at my five foot seven beneath her with a microphone held up. <laughs> Ma'am, how tall are you? Um, the worst part is, is Jess doing research and she's pulling up the GameSpot article that I wrote about all the memes about her being tall, but I don't remember it because I have fucking brain damage. <laughs> I retain no information other than that I did write that. (laughs) But anyways, (laughs) Sarah's (laughs) totally okay. Um, 
very important discourse to be had. Well, I think that even before we knew that she was nine foot six, which obviously just made me more attracted to her. Um, I think that a lot of people were probably like into the fact that she was a hot lady monster. Um, and that's why I was into her. That's why I'm into her for sure. And I think that like if I'm gonna nerd out, then I think that. Um, so like a clarifying point is that I'm a literature student, so I'm about to do like a nerd out on that front. Um, like traditionally, like monstrous women are just like women who don't give a fuck about the patriarchy, right? Like metaphorically mm-hmm. or otherwise. And yeah. so in my brain, I'm like, mm, she's a monster woman. She doesn't care what men think about her. I'm into that. Um, but anyway, that's just like it also goes ahead. really well with all the memes of like her chasing Ethan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what is there not to like about that? Well, and I think that it's cool, too, because I feel like, you know, and I don't know, I hate to be like, this is the conventional standard of beauty, but I guess, like, it's just realities that these exist. Um, But I feel like they know what they're, like, to have a very um, standardly sexual character, a standard, like, beautiful character, like, um, like Big Lady, but to have something that just, like, slightly challenges, like, the notions of what is beautiful, because, I mean, if, if she was, like, this, like, five foot two petite woman right like yeah <laughs> that would like everybody's like oh she's so hot she's so cute blah 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 blah. yeah the but only way have... you'd be able to get me into that would be if she had like a spider mouth or something yeah <laughs> sign me but up. yeah but to have this nearly 10 foot tall woman like it's it's kind of interesting and and like well and they're God, they're, they're, the... they're doing it it's very blatant but they are doing the whole yeah. like trying to juxtapose you know like the elegant yes. like gentry part of her with like the fact that she's a fucking vampire who's gonna stab <laughs> you in the face yeah which is yeah which is interesting to do like that's exactly the word i was looking for it's just like the juxtaposition there is is really interesting yeah and, and i mean it's like but it's just like frustrating seeing all these fucking people on the timeline being like oh like this tall lady like what's so special about that and it's like i'm pretty sure that like a lot of the tall women who like have dealt with so much bullshit are probably like really feeling themselves right now but also like she also is still very very conventionally attractive in a game that also features the fucking merchant so yeah i was i was gonna kind of bounce off of that and say as well that like Mm -hmm. I, i think that there are ways in which it's subversive and cool and very attractive to me that she's a like almost 10 foot tall woman and like a vampire but equally like we know that people think that vampires are sexy and that like if you're going to make a sexy monster woman that that's probably what you're going to go for that she is conventionally attractive arguably and that like you know they haven't like she's not fat and people wouldn't think that and and like the discourse if she was fat would be completely different right like would the same people mm-hmm. find her attractive and people would be angry about this about something completely like different right so i think that there are like ways in which i'm very into it but i also think that like it is kind of playing it safe yeah it's very much it's on the line um but it it still is i would say more safe than anything um and then when you when you see the merchant in that game um I'm just I'm so it's pretty I'm bad. So fucking over games using bodies to to tell stories and they're the same stories because yeah. it's it's just so fucking lazy. Um but no, you can't have a fat character in a game 
unless that character is there for for comedy um to be something that's like grotesque um to represent like like greed or gluttony or or like some sort of corruption like it there has to be like a, a logic behind that and it's the same stuff it's like the same bending that they do whenever you have a super sexual character there it's like fucking quiet in metal gear solid and she's like she has to breathe through her skin or you have miranda it's like oh well she's the perfect woman and, and that's why she's traumatized and deep like you you have to have like this this representation behind that body like this idea that they're standing in for um and it's so boring when it has to be the same fucking body every time delivering that same message i was just gonna say with um with fat bodies as well like when we think about like like the social reality as well it's it's interesting because the point that you made just about like how it's usually sim- like symbolically fat bodies are there to be like evil and gluttonous and blah 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 but like the social reality these days a lot of the time is that like more people who who have less money like have fat bodies and like people who are rich they have all the time mm-hmm. and they have all the money to like go on these ridiculous diets to exercise to have a personal trainer blah 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 so like and and that's not like a qualifying statement about what is or isn't attractive. It's just about like the social reality of like the mm-hmm. ma- the material like um, reality of what why people's bodies look the way they do. If that makes sense. So like in in a weird way, even though it's it's meant to be this um like this metaphor for greed and capitalism, like that isn't what rich people's bodies look like. Actually, yeah, absolutely. It's they. A lot of games, a lot of media in general, um, uses fat bodies to spread a very false narrative, <laughs> um, and and that's just yeah one example right there. Going back to the Mass Effect thing, I also I need to like reread some of the stuff because I know everybody's been flipping the fuck out about Miranda, but it's not like Miranda's the only one who they did that to. Like Kasumi is wearing basically the same fucking bodysuit, like Samara, like all of the all of the Yara. women have their asses yeah. out. <laughs> Echo. So, so like I think even I think even not, Edie the robot is like cheeked up. So like that's what I said. I said Echo. I meant that's fucking Overwatch. I I meant uh, Edie. You're you right. Or Evie. I forget what nerd. her name is. It's been so long. You fucking nerd. <laughs> yeah. No. Overwatch. Every every female form in that game is sexy. Like it, they're like 120 pounds, like slender, feminine, big lips big boobs like i like they all look like that yeah and like which like the miranda ass shots are egregious because i do like specifically remember them but mm-hmm. like like all of the women look like that yeah for sure so i think the only one who doesn't is jack yeah and jack still is like it's the same body she just has different clothes same body yeah yeah i mean and even her facial features are still very like but they're they're very reminiscent of all of the other features on the women she still has the full lips she still has like the like the fine like the fine eyebrows and and like the big eyes and you know what i mean like she still looks exactly like the other women she just has a shaved head and tattoos and she still has like the big boobs and and the butt like she has all of it yeah, it's it's a really interesting point, and I mean, I think that, like, thinking about that, it's interesting that Miranda is the one that they choose to be, like, that's the perfect woman, because, like, the, the the features, like, if their bodies are exactly the same, which, like, I, I totally agree that they are, then I think that Miranda's qualifying features are just that, like, she she isn't, she doesn't look like 
quote unquote other in some of the ways that some some of these other women do like she's not um she's not asian she's not an alien she's not got a shaved head she she just looks like a quote unquote normal like white woman um and she is the one she is the one that they choose to say like this is the perfect woman yeah yeah it's it's truly wild to think about (laughs) yeah and i feel like there there could have been like a whole point about you know like in whose perception is she perfect? Mm. Why is that pretty fucked up? <laughs> but Mass Effect never quite gets that far <laughs> in any of its um very charged political stories. Well, I mean, and it's like they and this was kind of the complaints they got when they did Andromeda too, is Andromeda sucks like, oh. shit. <laughs> but they're like, We're going to a whole a whole new galaxy. Um, you know, and, and everybody was expecting to see all of these different types of races, like all of these these different, you know, people that you would meet because in, Yeah, and then we the, got two and it turns yeah. out, plot twist, they're the same fucking thing, just one is all fucked up. Yeah. Um, Terrible game. Is, it's like cause you have so like I don't know how many races exactly there are in the Mass Effect games, like in, in the original trilogy. I would like there's at least like seven eight yeah that's what i say it's probably around that many um and and then you had andromeda there are two more introduced um and even out of like all of those races so many of them are like so human in in how they look um like they they really are they have very human features um like the asari the asari are just ladies with tentacles on their head yeah they're just they're just blue ladies with tentacles on their head for her um and so yeah, it's like it's it's crazy that Miranda is like, oh, this is this is the perfect woman. And it's still it's a human, it's it's a white woman, it's a thin white woman. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I it's it's a lot to take in. The Asari are like an interesting example as well, right? Because like if I remember correctly, like they apparently appear differently to different races based on what people find attractive. Which is so like <laughs> what the fuck yeah Yeah. well and it's weird because like since you only ever play as a human you have no idea like how that works or what that looks like because we only see them the way they look yeah the way that humans see them i guess and well and i guess that that implies as well that all humans find the same thing attractive (laughs) You know, I want to argue that, but, like, there's, I mean, like, I know individually that's not true, but, like, we do seem to have these fucked up cultural standards consistently, so so I guess if aliens were studying us, they probably would be like, yeah, this seems right. This is, like, the social norm of, like, what, yeah, you know, you're totally right. That's so depressing, oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, this seems right. Listen. Make make the boobs a little bigger. (laughs) Gotta have that just that ass out out full fully outlined in the jumpsuit <laughs> and they're like everybody's in jumpsuits too that's the other thing or like cat suits it's not even ju- it's like cat suits basically it's all like spandex and leather yeah it's the future jess <laughs> i don't know if i would be like that's not my ideal future i would be wearing like comfy pj bottoms all the time in my ideal future but there are two future wardrobes, uh, cat suits or whatever the fuck's happening in Cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> Just 
putting fedora on whatever fucking trash you find. <laughs> oh my god. I'm pretty sure my V is still wearing like a fedora and a hot pink ass mask. That seems right. I've seen a shocking amount of fedoras worn in that game. It's just because they have really good armor stats for some <laughs> reason. <laughs> that is not the future that I want. He I just goes up to someone, my lady. <laughs> Um, but anyway, <laughs> I don't know. What else do we want to, we want to kind of touch on here? Like I'm trying to, so, like Miranda was the big one that came up to me and I was like, oh, it's a good time to have this conversation because we're, we're talking about her again. Um, which happens like every year. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I guess just in like kind of in the vein of that perfection, it's like, I mean, it is again the idea that like most video games like don't ever show disabled bodies either mm-hmm. or if they do it's like the fucking <laughs> wolfenstein 2 thing where they have you be disabled for one level and then they give you an aryan super soldier body yeah i was thinking about it the other day i i just finished writing up a piece on sly cooper <laughs> um shut up you furry i, I promise this is relevant <laughs> um the only game that I can remember ever playing a disabled character in is Sly 3. Also uh, because Oh yeah, okay. You know I the raccoon, yes, cuz I do love that ra- that raccoon boy. He's very cute. Um but Sly Cooper in in Sly 2 at the very end of the game, uh one of the main three characters gets into like uh an accident or or there's like a fall. I don't remember exactly what happens. Um and he gets injured and then in the third game, he's in a wheelchair the entire time. And you still play him, you do all like you go through all the levels. Um like the things that he can do have slightly altered, but he still has like just as much playtime and like playing as him is really fun. And that's the only game like like narrative-based game that I can think of where you play as a character in a wheelchair. Yeah, because, I mean, they do do it in Wolf- Wolfenstein too, but then they're like, hmm, JK, what if not only did you get a body that works again in all the ways that you want it to, it's going to be an Aryan super soldier body. That's yeah. fine. And, and that's, no one has any problems with this, and even though a, we're fighting the Nazis. <laughs> and that's a theme it's cool. in, like, a lot, of, a, a lot of games, actually, isn't it? Like, the idea that, like... um you know, people who have physical impairments get, like, a super-powered prosthetic limb, and then, mm-hmm. you know, it, not, they're not disabled anymore. Like, in, in terms of the definition of, like, not being able to do certain things, they're not, like, they're super-powered now. They're not technically disabled anymore. Um, and, yeah. and it's so true that, like, yeah, I can't... I, I personally can't even think of one where I've played as, like played actively as a disabled person unless like unless you include mental illness in that definition but even Mm -hmm. that's quite interesting because um something that we did a video on actually was um how in life is strange like you chloe price's character is represented in like one alternate timeline as being like disabled and in a wheelchair and we talked about how it was interesting that, like, throughout the game, she's someone who is, like, arguably disabled in the sense that she's mentally ill. Um, but mm-hmm. then when it gets to the point where you, like, go into the alternate timeline and she's in a wheelchair, she's not sexualized anymore. She's not seen as, like, a sexual being anymore. And, like, Max, you know, palpably kind of treats her like she's a child 
actually like she because she kind of like talks in a very like coddling way and um like that's that's something that's like really uncomfortable to me um and i think like the Mm -hmm. the that being contrasted within the same game like she's like this sexy punk gf and then as soon as she's in a wheelchair she's not sexy anymore um is is just really like disturbing and and that is i think broadly how culturally we kind of are taught to perceive physically disabled bodies like as as childlike and as desexualized um which mm-hmm. obviously just isn't true like disabled people want to have sex as much as anyone else or or many do i don't want to obviously say that everyone does but yeah no absolutely like i like i said i mean <laughs> literally um sly three <laughs> it's the only game i can even think of and you play as a turtle and now i'm like i want to play as a like, turtle in my game yeah and see that's the thing too is the only examples we can think of are fucking animals because in overcooked it's a raccoon yeah. oh well and like with with sly too it's like you also have to think like the the whole reason why like he's the one i feel like who who suffers the injury and he's in the wheelchair is because he is the one who is you know he's the brains of the group so it's like even when he's injured it's like it's okay i can still work because like my body was never the important thing anyway it's my mind like that's the kind of mentality you know and so it's like professor x ass yeah and and so it's like because you wouldn't see like like sly like you know the main thief the guy doing doing the tricks like he's they're not gonna put their main character in a wheelchair you know what i mean like it's and it's just like i don't know it's it's uncomfortable but that's literally the only game i can think of like even even in the sims right which is like a game where you're supposed to be able to create lives that are you know either similar or wildly different from your own like you can't have a disability in the sims yeah um i mean you can have like you can have i guess i would say like you know mental disabilities depending upon like the traits that you give them they don't explicitly say they had well yeah didn't they have like the crazy trait or whatever yes yes they i think they changed it to like eccentric or something now i don't remember what it was but they did have yeah yeah my depression real eccentric Mm. yeah (laughs) it was like the the whole thing with that trait is it's like you'll have like mood swings and you don't understand like why your like the your sims emotions change i was like oh okay so bpd yeah yeah exactly yeah same uh, so i was like bpd representation finally yeah oh my god so um, depressing yeah um but that's that's like it you can't you can't be disabled you can't i don't know it's it's weird like and it, with the sims too you can't you can't even alter the bodies all that much like you can have characters mm-hmm. that are larger but to a certain point you know and you can have characters that are smaller and to a certain point um i mean we experienced like all kinds of fucked up body stuff when we were doing our uppercut sims remember because it was just like mm-hmm. all of us just being like none of these look like us because none of us are this little like none of us are skinny like this mm-hmm. and it was like me just being like thicker and just <laughs> like this is i'm I'm trying. There's just, there's only so much we can do. The sliders, the sliders, man. But I don't know. Like, in some ways, I really like the, some of the things that The Sims do. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of, like, but... everything has issues. It's just frustrating yeah. when things like that, they're like, look, you can do whatever you want. And it's like, so you just assume that mm. I don't want to be fat or I don't want to be disabled. Like, you're just ma- automatically assuming that those things are bad and that those are not things that anyone would want to, like, fantasize about. See- 
which sucks. And then, and then it just ties back into the whole eugenics thing. Yeah. It's yep. Like, okay, well, we know that you don't want this. Yeah, absolutely. We know that you don't want this option. Absolutely. Yeah, I was just going to say that. But also, yeah, just to kind of build on those points, it's so true that, like, A, in, in character customization and stuff, you can you can never, like, have a physical impairment. And also, like, I wanted to kind of go back to that, like, disabled exceptionalism narrative that you get so often in, like, the representation of disabled characters, who who are still never, like, sexy or sexualized unless they have, like, a sexy prosthetic or something. Um, mm-hmm. It's, like, one that comes to mind immediately is, like, um, Joker in Mass Effect of, it's okay that, like, um, my legs don't work because I'm the best pilot in the galaxy. He can't just be a pilot, right? He can't just be a guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Symmetra, um, to go back to Overwatch, like, it's, like, the the whole thing in the comic where it's like, oh, it doesn't matter that I'm autistic because, like, I am the best ever at X thing. You know what I mean? Like, that narrative that, like, your impairment makes you less than worthwhile, so you have to be, like, exceptional at something to be, like, worth anything um, is mm-hmm. is so, like, horrible. You never just You never just get, like, disabled people being people, and that includes, like, being sexy. Yeah, and it's something that, like, and that's the the frustrating takeaway from all of this, I think, is, like, it's all of these ideas that we see in games, that we see in movies, like, we see them throughout all of our media, like, they sink in. Like, these things leave lasting impacts on people, and I think that's why, like, that's why we talk about it on this show, and that's why we write about these things, and that's why we do video essays, is because, like, there's real-world implications for what games promote and like i i have a sister who she's disabled and i feel like you know i've had conversations with her and like that idea that you have to be exceptional is like so drilled in um you know because she has she has a a disability where she she can't walk very easily um and her whole thing and like this is partially like the way that my my mom's kind of made her feel like you know it's just, it's pressures from a lot of different places but she she is like the 4.5 honor you know 4.5 GPA honor student she is the one who who got accepted into UCLA and is getting her doctorate and it, you know like like all of these things because like she just felt that from a very young age that's like what she had to be in in order to be worthwhile um you know, because that's that's what you're taught. And, you know, I, I, I think everybody feels that to a certain degree, too. Like, whether it's whether it's a disability such as that, whether it's a mental disability, whether it's like, you know, if you're if you're overweight, if you're fat, you, you feel that pressure to like be you, you have to dress a certain way or be a certain way. So you're not like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? You don't want to you don't want to be other or you have to be smart at least yeah well and that's why so many of the people who who have different things like tend to be like like i i'm a larger woman and it's so hard to fight like that internal fat phobia because you're so hard you see yourself every day you're so hard on yourself you're like okay well you know at least like like if if i dress this way if i do this if i have nice hair if i at least i don't look bad you know like it's it's like that whole like wanting to not be othered like that um and it's hard. It's like it's a difficult thing to kind of like <sighs> grapple with and uh, to grow up with. 
um to have to come to terms with is like that like internal shame or fear or or like that need to be exceptional and it sucks because that's what all of our media reinforces yeah and i think bouncing off of that too like something that's been hard for me personally is like to what what the bodies that we see like are you know implying about like what you have to be if you have a body like that because like Mm -hmm. Again, like, obviously, I'm not, like, a teeny-waisted, you know, like, not real-proportioned person, but, like, my body has always looked the closest to characters like Ivy because I'm, like, mm-hmm. pretty stacked, um, for lack of a better term. And, like, <laughs> it's frustrating because, like, I, my mom has had issues with her body in that way, and, like, so I'm already dealing with that. And then to, like, have, like, oh, okay, like, if you're a body like that... You are sexual no matter what. Like, there is no option for you to just exist or to not be a woman, like, or to be anything that's not feminine. Like, no matter what you do, you are going to be read as a woman and you are going to be read as sexual because, like, that is the body you have and that is the fate that you have. And it's just, like, bullshit. Yeah, and I mean, it's something that, like, I years ago would, like, joke about is it's like, oh, man, like, I really love, like, like that menswear style, right? Or, like, being able to dress more, like, ca- like casually, like, more masculine. Um, and, and I always joke with people. I'm like, oh, yeah, but, like, I could never do that shit. I can never pull it off because, like, I have a very, like, hourglass-shaped figure. Like, I have an ass. I have boobs. And, like, and for me, it's just kind of like a joke, like, haha, like, I, I couldn't do that. But then I think about it and I'm like, but, like, What's frustrating is that idea that I couldn't do that, but, like, what What if, like, I, I didn't identify as, as femme, as, as a woman, like, because that's what we tell people is, like, okay, well, if you have that body, you would look weird in anything different, like, that's that's the standard we hold, and so, I don't know, it's, I, I obviously, I don't completely understand your frustration, Ty, but... It's like, I, I think about that. I'm like, yeah, that, that fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it just ties into, too, the whole, like, hegemonic shit of, like, you know, oh, you want trans people to get, like, surgery and shit to conform with, like, what you think their body should look like. And it's like, I don't want to change my body. There's something, like, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with people wanting to do that. But, like, I do mm-hmm. not have the dysphoria where I feel the need to do that. So it is frustrating that, like, there is an implication there that, like, oh, like, we'll just... Like, if you're transitioning or you're trans or whatever, then, like, do it so then you can, like, you know, look how you want. And it's like, no, I look how I want now. Like, I just don't need the fucking bullshit expectations. We have more people recognizing that gender isn't binary, but we also need to get better at recognizing that you don't need to present in a binary way as well. Because I feel like that's still, it just is so prevalent. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I feel that, like, a lot from, like... So I, I am non-binary and, but I also feel like I'm non-binary and like, I do want gender affirming surgery. Um, and coming to that realization is like, has been quite difficult. Um, because, Mm. well, because of all this, right. It's difficult to figure out (laughs) like what you kind of feel, you know, really truly within yourself, you like want for, your body and to like feel at home in your body and I think that like while I'm non-binary I do like I identify as a lesbian and I feel like I have quite an intimate relationship like with womanhood and I think that when I was thinking when I began to think that I want top surgery 
I started feeling like really afraid like objectively this is an irrational fear but it's so just like ingrained in us right that like a woman's body looks a certain way I was scared that if I got top surgery I wouldn't feel like in touch with that part of me that I identifies as a woman or as a lesbian anymore and then I was having a conversation with my friend the other day and um and then I was just like, I can be a woman without tits, and I can be not a woman and have a vagina, and these are all things that I can be. Like, and that's just a very, like, that, oh, I'm not trying to say that I'm, like, free and have transcended social expectation now, but it, it, was, a, <laughs> it was a very freeing realization, you know? Um, yeah, no, absolutely. It's like, it's, it's, like, it's like a gender euphoria thing to, like, realize that for yourself, but then it's so frustrating because, like, most people still like don't get it or don't want to get it or don't care and it's like yeah sick (laughs) and and for real you like never see you never see the there's such a like vast beautiful array of like trans bodies and what trans bodies look like and you never get to see that in media in general like let alone games i mean i like Cyberpunk is an interesting example for how, you know, in character customization, like, gender is predicated or connected to assumptions about, like, what your voice sounds like, what your genitalia is, and, like, Mm -hmm. all of that, right? And... Mm -hmm. Cyberpunk was so fucking disappointing <laughs> with that, like the character creator. After like the, it also their just whole talk didn't about make like, sense. it makes no sense. <laughs> I just like I loved that I was doing that, and I made I picked like the biggest titty setting, and I'm like, oh, so I am a 34B. Well, <laughs> like nothing that's wrong how you with know that. Game but devs I'm... have never actually fucked anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I I was just like, it. That shit was wild. That shit was wild. I'm like what like what would I would I be considered then like like let's let's have like a like a 38 36 double d like what what would that be considered on this body (laughs) I don't think it's possible I I think the model would snap in half (laughs) probably it was just wild I was like she like even with oh it was so fucking disappointing sorry I just hate that that no that game was all about like pushing the limits and being fucking different and like and, and no, like that game accepting... is that game is trash garbage yes, bullshit. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. trash. It's um, absolutely trash. But too, no. like, and especially like thinking about it, it's like Jess is like the smallest busted person at Uppercut, aside from Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's a touchy yeah. issue for all of us. Yeah, that is that's the fucking wildest part. Is that like I, I'm like a D to double D, and I still have the smallest boobs at Uppercut, except for Andrew. Um, Except for Andrew. Andrew's like um, a solid A cup. But yeah, I I was playing that and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, why can I not be larger than Barbie? Like, why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway. It's again, it's just like when we were playing Sims and I was screaming thicker. Like, there's just... <laughs> there's just no and representation. Too. No, there's none. And it's like... And the, that's what sucks too is like, I don't... There's like... The Sims and like some like more like simulation games i guess as a whole in life simulation games like there's some body diversity to some extent but the second that you get into like fucking like any action type games whether you're making like a dark souls character like cyberpunk fucking like a bethesda like fallout character like you can't 
be large. <laughs> like you, you can't have any chubbiness to you. You can't have like no. thick thighs. Like you can have like the the top of the slider, which might be like a ha ha comically funny, but like still, it's not like a realistic like a thick person, you know? No. And well, and that's the thing too. I feel is, like, like they don't let you like different like fat people's bodies are also not a monolith. Like there are different ways mm-hmm. to be fat, and like there's just no nuance there at all. No, and like that's another thing that's like frustrating. Like I don't know, and that's just a thing with life that I've noticed and and myself is like. And and kind of like a privilege that I've realized that I have and like should be aware of is is just because like there are so many different types of fat bodies and all things considered being like size 16 ish and having that hourglass figure and being a white woman like I have it pretty good as far as how my body is treated. Um, You know, like that's I'm, I still fall under like the conventionally like plus size model type look. Right. Um, and then anything outside of that is just fucking demonized even more so. And I already feel like shit, you know? So it's, it's just, it's fucking insane. And then in games, like they, they still have that there. I mean, games, first of all, don't even like have conventionally attractive plus size bodies for women. Like I, I have no, like no games that have that. Um, but beyond that, still nothing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I will say know. shout That's... out to Arcade Spirits because they have some very good fat characters. Yeah, I I've heard Arcade Spirits is pretty good about it. That's one. I um later just, not later daters. Um, it's very good. It's just truly one of the longest dating sims I've ever played in my life. <laughs> life. <laughs> I don't know, and that's just like some big rambly thing. But especially like I, I I don't know. I when I saw the merchant thing in Resident Evil Eight, it was like. I don't know. You know when you see something and it's like you kind of want to say something. You're like, but I don't even want to start this conversation because it feels embarrassing and fucking weird and uncomfortable and I'm so tired of having it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how I felt when I saw him. I was just like, why why are we still using, like, a large body as a stand-in for... Well, and for, especially like, because the way they like. phrased it was really fucked up too. Because I remember we were yeah. we watched the we watched this like reveal stream in mm-hmm. the uppercut Discord, and I remember like wincing when they said like, "Yeah, we wanted to make him look really distinctive. Like we wanted him to <laughs> yeah. have like, a specific look." I was like, "Why is this that? Like, why didn't you just give him like funky anime hair?" <laughs> and also, like, like we've seen that character model, we have seen it before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, like, as we talked yeah, about, it like, it always means the same thing, like, in video games. And, yeah, it's just, it's gross and boring and horrible. Yeah, it's like, I would love to see a larger body that's not comedic, pathetic, or horrific. Yeah. Because, like, yes. that's always what it is. Like, it's always, like, it, and, and generally the pathetic ties into one or the other. It's like, ha-ha, this is an incompetent villain, or ha-ha, like, this guy is funny because he's incompetent. You know, like, in it's... And also unsexualized or not sexualized. Oh, yeah, there's... Whatever. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine if, like, Quiet from Metal Gear Solid was, like, 200 pounds? Like, ha- like the, the the different reactions people would have for, like, her wearing just pantyhose? Yeah, it would be. It's not even pantyhose, it's like a clear morph suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just, it, it just remind me of just, like, really stretched thin tights. <laughs> But, it's um, like if the Philadelphia yeah. Green Man was see-through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I hate the way that bodies are portrayed. I hate that. And I guess, like, part of, like, the, the main crux of this was just talking about sexualization um, and came from, from the big lady discourse. 
Yeah, I, well, I guess but... like talking about how like bodies are represented is like there's so many dimensions to it, right? Because like sexualization mm-hmm. is definitely part of it, but then you realize that it's 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 very much like part of a complex matrix of like who, like who is and isn't like objectified, um, who whose bodies are or aren't kind of seen as like worthwhile for taking up space like we talked about disabled bodies and stuff like that and it's interesting as well thinking about like like something i've thought about a lot is um like brown bodies in games and how like when i was growing up like i'm i'm like pakistani and arab and when i was a kid like i would only see like um brown or arab bodies basically being cannon fodder right um Mm -hmm. or like on the other extreme end sometimes you see brown women's bodies being like super like in in that racist like exoticizing way like fetishized so it's like on one on one end it's like okay your bodies are literally there to be like destroyed or they're there to be like objectified in that like completely like diametrically opposed way of like being viewed as a sexual object but like in in neither case is there agency and i think that that's really telling of how you know even even talking about like quote-unquote bodies um and not talking Mm -hmm. about like people or or subjects is interesting in itself and there's just like yeah this has been a really cool conversation because there's so many dimensions to that God, yeah. I mean, and it makes me even and like not to to send this going down that that you know hallway, I guess, and to talk more about this stuff and and race and bodies because that's just like a whole <laughs> that's a whole other like fucking multi hour long podcast as well. And I like I'm not the person to even to be speaking for that. I would love yeah, to have more guests on. That's like that a one. yeah, exactly. That's something where where yeah but no like i think about barrett in final fantasy 7 and how much i absolutely fucking love barrett i I mean i love final fantasy 7 i love barrett i think barrett's a sweetheart he's one of the the best written characters in remake i think i think he has some of the most compelling dialogue and 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 compelling motivations um but then he is given this seven foot like large body he has he literally has a gun grafted onto his arm he is the one who has the most hp he can take the most hits he has that that very stereotypical loud voice he literally Um, looks like mr t still yeah 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 and so it's hard because it's like man i i fucking love this character i love like i love his story i i love his 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 passion like i i love everything about bear i think he's a great character but then you have to you have to face the reality that he's given that body and he's used you know he's 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 like a just a human shield you know what i mean like he's the one who if you have like the fucking protect material or whatever where like that that person who has it equipped runs in front of the other people he's the one you give it to according to the walkthroughs because he can take the hits and that's fucked up yeah it really yeah, is Yeah, especially like when we consider you know what has been happening to black people mm. in america yeah yeah absolutely, absolutely. and I, I like obviously don't feel equipped and wouldn't want to kind of like go too far into kind of um how black bodies are represented mm-hmm. in games but definitely kind of from from my personal perspective like of like arab women and muslim women either being like this super like fetishized like exoticized figure or 
you know, being the, like, terrorist that you shoot down in Call of Duty, like, the way that, um, yeah, the way that, like, people of color's bodies are treated in, in games, like, I, I, I'm, I'm, like, thinking, I'm trying to think if I've ever really, like, seen a Muslim woman be, like, a well-rounded character in a game, and I think the closest I can think of, and she's not even a Muslim woman, but she's, like, coded as a Muslim woman, is Tali in Mass Effect, because, like, I know so mm-hmm. many, um, like hijabi babes who are like tali is the one (laughs) she's the one and she's not even like actually muslim (laughs) she just like is an alien that looks like she might be wearing a hijab how depressing is that yeah and they're also like there's also like a lot of like bioware tm let's squish a bunch of cultural uh things into one culture that'll be fine yeah that's fucking once again, a whole other conversation, and Overwatch should be dragged through the fucking mud on that one. Because I know and Overwatch are both very bad about it. Yeah, yeah. Like Farah and Farah's, uh, she has outfits Her. that are both Egyptian and Native like American. what the fuck? indigenous retconning. <laughs> you, you know, all all brown people are the same, right? I can't listen. <laughs> Blood quantum is real. <laughs> And, you know, Farrah has a Native American dad, so everything's fine. Blizzard did nothing wrong. I'm gonna cry. And that's the show. (laughs) Dia's gonna strangle me. Um, but gosh, yeah, really, I guess, I guess we'll wrap it up because, like I said, this is one of those topics that, like, I mean... You could do you could do a whole series on it, and that's why you should sub to Game Assist over on YouTube because then you can watch more of these essays on topics similar to this one. Um, yeah, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Um, Sarah, where can people find you on the internet? Um, I'm mostly on Twitter because I have no life. Um, my personal handle is unethical coffee. If you want me to want to see me tweeting about um, being a lesbian and having BPD, and if you want to see me tweeting about actual content in games, then it's GameAssistYT on Twitter. Um, and yeah, we post most of our video essays and content on YouTube. So if you just search GameAssist, then we're the ones with everything is in purple because it's the best color. Gosh, you're it's so smart to have have the two different accounts because I just have the one account where I tweet about BPD being <laughs> gay and and video games and it's a it's a nightmare place. I mean, sometimes they <laughs> overlap. Yes, you do have access to the uppercut Twitter. I just <laughs> I'll just get out like well, but then my Twitter then just turns into BPD and uh and thirsting after women. So I don't know. Unless you want me to bring that to the uh to the uppercut one, but I don't know how that's kind of respond. already uppercut. <laughs> Who are mentally ill and like women. <laughs> yes, that is accurate for every single one of us. <laughs> God, it really is. I hate that for us. Uppercut. Mentally ill and into women. <laughs> um, Ty, where can people find you? Other than uh, over at Uppercut where we're mentally ill and, <laughs> and into women. And like women. Um, you can find me on Twitter at TY underscore G and 8 Perfect. 
perfect. And you can find me at Just Jess is Fine over on Twitter and Instagram. Palin Around is a product of Uppercut, which you can find on all social media at Uppercut Crit and UppercutCrit.com. If you'd like to hang out with the Uppercut crew, feel free to join our Discord. As always, the link is in the episode description. And if you like the show, be sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you just can't get enough, you can head over to patreon.com slash uppercut crit and toss a couple of bucks our way to get it early or even get your name right at the end, just like these folks here. Ty, do you want to read us our list? Yes. So these are our Patreon producers. Thank you a ton to Darren, Ashley Lee, Felicia Miranda, Quakor, Jordan, Malcolm Ramey, Dale, Adam Manahan, uh, Chris Egerton, Jesse Vitelli, Eric Sapp, Game Crash, Adept7777, Optional Objectives, Michael Diaz Suarez, Kenneth Shepard, Lucas Lyon, Eli Bird Moss, Jason Coles, uh, Adrian A. Rock Williams, Matthew Flowers, Andrew Sherman, uh, Colton Crow, Sean Martin, Jesse Peterson, Jared Shu, DJ Kento, Cam Koenig, Quentin Hoffman, and Mikey Phillips. Thank you. Thank you all so much for your generosity. And thank you, listener, for palling around with us. Bye. Bye.